Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Hey, tomorrow we'll be simulcasting with Fort Wayne, so we'll be doing both radio stations tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow will be my last show of the year, and then there's various things that will be happening while I'm gone. So don't ask me who's filling in, because there's a lot of answers to that. So various things will be going on, um, and I will be back in January uh, the second show will start at some point in January, just uh, for those of you who are keeping track on that. If you don't know what the second show is, you should probably go to rumble.com slash Casey the host and subscribe and watch the live stream so you get answers to those sorts of things. Uh, we got to start things off uh, between uh, the Indiana 19, Indiana 331 in Elkhart. There is a rolled over semi. Indiana State Police are advising that this is going to be a bit of a problem uh, this is on the toll road westbound between 19 and 331, mile marker 90, and both westbound lanes are blocked. So they're basically saying the whole thing is jacked up. Avoid it. And uh, this is a rolled over semi again, so we don't know how long it's going to take to get this cleaned up. Although uh, I will say the, the one that they had last week, they got that one cleaned up pretty quick. Then we ended up finding out that one of those incidents that you were talking about, like near near the uh, the toll road accident, that was Representative Jake Teshka's car getting shot up. And we didn't know it at the time. You were just reporting there's there something going on over there. Yeah. yeah, Representative Jake Teshka, who was in the car with his kids, somebody shot at his car, shot his car up. They're okay, thank God. He got some glass, you know, I think, in his eye. But other than that, we had no idea. I didn't know until after the show. I forgot to tell you. I didn't know until after the show. Like, hey, that incident you guys were talking about was Jake Teshka getting shot at. So thank God he and the kids are okay. Uh, minor injuries with him. The kids are apparently unscratched, thank God. But so, I mean, it's just um, they're they're investigating that. I mean, it's when you see the pictures of the car, it's crazy. So right now, westbound toll road, there is an accident between 19 and 331, uh, and uh, this is around mile marker 90 eastbound. But both westbound lanes are blocked. Okay, so you want to avoid that if you can. All right, uh, I want to thank R&B Car Company, locations in South Bend and Warsaw. R&B Car Company are your used car experts. Okay, um, got to deal with the tornado situation. This was, the, I mean, this is, a, the, the death toll has been rising all day. About an hour ago, it was 78, it's 79 now. Uh, they're expecting it to go over triple digits. And, you know, it's, it's awful. I, I mean, I don't know how else to describe it. It took out 75% of the homes in one town completely. The problem is, is that for those of you who didn't see the band of weather, because this happened, we knew the wind was coming, right? We had the wind warnings and everything else. We knew that there was a possibility of some, some wind advisories and things of that nature that night. The problem was, is that it was almost like a crescent moon shaped, and it went from the southern U.S. to, to the northern U.S., and it just went that way and just went east. And it just hit everything in the Midwest there. It barely missed us. It was down in Warsaw. There were tornado warnings in Warsaw. So I, I stayed awake a little bit later than I was planning to just to make sure it didn't start making its way north. Um, that's like one of my biggest fears is getting caught in one of those things in the middle of my sleep, which is exactly what happened to all of these people. And uh, the first thing that I heard about was the retirement community getting hit, which obviously is is awful because you're dealing with you know people who are a little bit more frail. Uh, you're dealing in a different environment and you know, as bad as that ended up being, it wasn't at all near the worst. We had the Amazon warehouse that went down. We got some stories on the Amazon warehouse here in just a second. You had the candle factory, which ended up being really bad. 
and then just, you know, people just laying in their beds and unfortunately just getting hit with these tornadoes. Uh, did you watch any of the video or pictures of it? There were a few people who were able to capture it. This is another reason why this kind of bothers me. This goes back to when I was a kid. When I was a kid and I was living in Aurora, Illinois, we had a tornado warning come through. We were in, we were on the third level of an apartment complex, so we were hosed of a hit, right? There was nothing we could do. Um, but I was watching out the window. It was right next to us, but I was watching out the window, and you couldn't see anything. It was all pitch black. And then the lightning would strike, and you could see the funnel, like way off in the distance, you can kind of see it. So that's always stuck with me my my whole life. You know, I'm from earthquake country and flood country and wildfire country, but that's always stuck with me. So in the middle of the night, you know, not being able to see anything, a lot of the footage, because the clouds were really, really dark in the storm, a lot of the footage that people were able to capture, you couldn't see the tornado until the lightning actually struck. And so you can actually see some people were on the side of the road. I don't know if it was a storm chaser or just an individual. They were trying to track where the, the funnel was. The lightning would strike, and then they'd have to move their camera to where the funnel now was. And it was moving so quick. So, and again, there was just one of them. Uh, there was, God, there was what, like uh, like three dozen tornadoes that were confirmed to a touchdown, something around there. And, and I assume that that number has continued to go up. But the latest death toll for all of the storms is 79. And there's still a lot of people missing as they're sifting through the rubble. Some some harrowing stories coming out of that. Uh, one woman called. She had like uh, like four feet of rubble on top of her. Somehow, miraculously, they pulled her out. She survived. But this has also brought up a couple of other things because uh, the Amazon warehouse. And we've talked about... Amazon's policies in the past when it comes to cell phones and a lot of the employers or the employees now um, they're furious because there is a, a phone ban at Amazon warehouses. And so a lot of these people are saying we could have called for help, but we didn't have our phones. Now you younglings out there saw this really saw this funny video. It was uh, it was a TikTok where you get the whole family together, Josh, and you play a noise that, like, Gen X will immediately know, but Gen Z will have no idea what it is, right? And it was it was the fifty the the what fifty six k dial up modem noise, and so the moment it starts, all the adults are like, oh my god, it's the worst noise ever, and the kids are like, what is that? They have no clue. And this is, this is kind of where we, we start to think about this. There was a time where we didn't have cell phones. And you had to rely on the phone. Like, they had to have a, a certain phone at various points on your warehouse floor for emergency situations. Remember that? The old hard line. And I doubt that they are required to have that anymore. Not that you could get to it in, in the impact of a tornado. But now we have we have this technology available to us that... No matter what, somebody can find us. We are able to, to call for help. You know, it used to be that when you called somebody and you left a message, it was normal to not hear from them for hours. Like your mom would call and she would leave a message or something like that, or she would page you. Remember we had pagers? She would page you. There's no phones around. You couldn't call anybody. So it would be hours until you could expect to hear back from somebody. Now it's instantaneous, and so we have we have this technology available to us. Yes, it has distracting things on it as well, 
Uh, I understand that. We have this technology available to us, and and you're being told to basically pocket it. So your advantage at survival sometimes is now at risk when you have an employer who says, you know, I don't want the distractions on the phone. You're playing Candy Crush or whatever you're doing, and put the phone in the box. So, like I said, I can understand why some companies may want to lean that way. Uh, there's other things that you can do that that you don't need to take people's phones away. So it's a lot of the the people who are in the tornado, they're out there and and really railing on the Amazon policy as a result of this. Um, and never let a crisis go to waste, right? That is the leftist mantra in this country. Never let a good crisis go to waste. So naturally, what has happened is leftists and climate alarmists immediately jumped on this. And instead of allowing everything to kind of settle, they're, they're right now, we're watching it on television. They are still sifting through rubble trying to find bodies. And what do we have since yesterday? We've got a bunch of people going, this is what happens when you don't take climate change seriously. That's not what happened. I got news for you. December tornadoes are actually really common. This was just a particularly nasty storm. But December tornadoes are not new. They're not uncommon. They're not rare. They do happen in December on a regular basis. There's a whole weather front system, uh, Arcalax, I think is what it's called, that, that kind of contributes to this. So this is not new. And when people see a storm like this, what they immediately do is they want to stand on the graves of the dead to make a political point. And we've still got people missing for crying out loud. So there have been some folks that have started to respond. You know, the experts have actually started to respond. They always tell you to listen to the experts until the experts actually, you know, speak. And then you're not supposed to listen to the experts anymore. So some meteorologists have had to respond to Biden um, doing this because Biden did that as well. He, he blamed climate change. Of course, climate change has nothing to do with any of this. We're actually running fewer tornadoes with less severity than we used to decades ago. Same with hurricanes. Nobody ever wants to talk about that. Wildfires. Um, again, all-time low for occurrences. So all of these things are are completely ignored when you you're dealing with climate alarmists. They never they never care about any of that. So um, you've got uh, some meteorologists that that did post some data and showed how not only have tornadoes gone down in in year. In fact, this last year was a near record low year for tornadoes. Did you know that, Josh? At uh, 2021. Near record low number of tornadoes, which for the record, it's a good thing. Okay. You'll have years where you have less, you'll have years where you have more. And they've they've set themselves up to where it doesn't matter what happens, it's all man-made global warming slash climate change. So if there's less tornadoes, then it's global warming. If there's more tornadoes, it's global warming. If they're more severe, it's global warming. If it's less severe, it's global warming. It doesn't really matter, it's all global warming. So there's a bunch of records. I will put this in the daily show prep. I just want to. I want to go back and and take a take a look at yeah the arc uh, the arcalax, arclatex. Excuse me. Uh, in the mid south, are often the busiest when it comes to tornado formation in December. Uh, so and then somebody posted all these charts. I'm like where where this is. So you start looking at parts of the Midwest, but a lot of the southern states are at higher risk of tornadoes now than they even are sometimes in the in the summer. Um, and then, of course, uh, Real Climate Science, they posted a bunch of articles lean, linking back to December deadly tornadoes in the 1950s and 1940s and that sort of thing. Just so you can kind of see that this is not unusual. 
1974 in this one. It does happen. Okay, it's it's not unusual at all. This just happened to be a a massive storm that hit some towns directly instead of just going into open fields, and that's why the devastation is so bad. Uh, I don't even know if they've even given some ratings on on what the uh, the F scales are on the uh, tornadoes yet. I'm not even sure. Most people are probably not worried about that. They're trying to find people and, and rescue them. But, you know, people jumping on this stuff, you know, re- near record low year in tornadoes and and the, their severity is also going down. But at the same time, December tornadoes, particularly in the south and in parts of the lower Midwest, very, very common, very common. And they're pretending that this is a super rare event. It's not. Then we've got uh, we've got something else here. We got to talk about Chris Wallace too. We get into Chris Wallace coming up on Newstalk ninety five three, Michiana's news channel. It is a great story. Have you read that yet? So I've had I've had the drop story from last week, but they're going to talk about it tomorrow. Michiana's morning news. I just haven't found time to like slip it into the show yet. And it's these drops that'll get rid of like uh, your reading glasses. You just put drops in your eyes, and it'll, huh? Well, you can put them in, and they'll you know however long they last. You you won't need your glasses for that. It's I mean it's a trip. I know. It's 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 a tr- so listen to the story tomorrow on 953 MNC's Michiana's Morning News because it is it's a story I've had in my pipeline. I just haven't been able to get to it yet. So I'm glad that they're going to talk about it. Uh also the uh the toll toll road westbound has been cleared. That accident is no longer an issue. Uh feel free to hop onto the toll road to be good. Okay, so let's talk about Chris Wallace. So Chris Wallace, I'll admit, I'll admit I might have forgot that a, uh, a sexual pervert had recently just been fired at CNN. So Chris Wallace announces on Sunday that he's leaving Fox News effective immediately. That's his last show, right? So I'm quitting. I'm out of here. That sort of thing. I don't need to play what he said because nobody cares. So Chris Wallace quits Fox, and I posted about it. I'm like, well, it's kind of interesting. Brian Tibb of the Steer- Spear Williams, uh, he quits over at MSNBC, and then now Wallace is leaving. I wonder if Wallace is going over there. No, an hour later, one hour later, okay? And here's what's funny about this. And I knew this is, look, you can't trust some people, right? Chris Wallace's credibility got shot about, I don't know, four or five years ago. And it sucks because I was always a big fan of his. I always thought he called it right down the middle, and then he just let it go for some strange reason four or five, well, about five years ago now. I, I don't know why. He just did. Um, and so he goes on, on his show and he says, I'm done with politics. I don't want to do politics. An hour after this, Josh, what does he do? He announces he's going to go do the same thing he does now over on CNN plus. It's the same thing. How many extra products does CNN have? The CNN plus they, they got that, what that weird, that home front or whatever it is over there that nobody watches. You know, it, and here's the thing. So a lot of, I posted this, a lot of you were like, good riddance, right? Because a lot of people didn't want Chris Wallace on Fox News anymore. Um, and here's the thing. I got news for you. 
you're never going to have a lineup at any network or any station that you're going to like 100%. So you're going to have to get over that. There's going to be people. My problem with Wallace is that he went from being kind of a straight, straight middle-of-the-road interviewer and letting his subject answer things for you. He went from that to a lecturer and a liar. And that was my problem. Because we, how many times over the past several years have we caught Wallace definitively lying to his audience? And he never used to do that that we were aware of, right? There were things that I disagreed with him on. But I never really ran into Chris Wallace intentionally misleading his audience until several years back. That's when it just started to happen. So, and look, Trump derangement syndrome, I guess it does that to people. And you're intentionally saying things that are not true. We've seen it on Stuart Varney as well in, in other places. It's just, it's bizarre behavior. I don't get it. What are you going to do? So here's the thing about Chris Wallace, though. Chris Wallace's ratings were garbage trash. You guys know that, right? I don't know that anybody's ever actually told you this. Chris Wallace lost routinely in the ratings war on Sundays. Let's look at the latest ratings that we have for Chris Wallace, shall we? All right, so this is, uh, so he was with Fox, what, 20 years, something like that? Okay. Face the Nation, 2.8 million viewers. Meet the Press, 2.6 million. This week, 2.5 million. Fox News Sunday, 1.2 million. He's got half the ratings of the next, the next, group up all right let's let's take a look for the uh 2020 2021 seasonal ratings okay face the nation 3.4 million meet the press 3.3 million this week 3.1 million fox news sunday 1.3 million and by the way i'm not sneezing at 1.3 million people watching your show that's it's a lot of people but he was last place perpetually last place so, okay, he goes to work for CNN Plus, whatever it is, you know, yeah, okay, yeah, fine, I guess. Um, maybe he'll start doing real-ish news for, for their new owners uh, as they, they handle that takeover. I, you know, maybe, perhaps, but this is not a big loss to Fox News at all, and it's not a big gain for CNN at all. So I, I don't know who this is designed to help. I, I you know, he's probably going to pay a lot of money. Uh, maybe he'll be more happy. I suppose that's a possibility, too. Maybe CNN feels that it gives them more credibility. It could be, perhaps, given their current lineup, I suppose. But it's it's a it's a weekday show. It's not on Sundays, but it's basically the same thing he was doing before, but he doesn't want to do politics anymore. Okay. MNC News Time is 3.34. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that will last a lifetime. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Don't forget, follow me online at rumble.com slash Casey the host. Well, the, uh, the local newspaper is finally covering a story that we and realnewsmichiana.com is, well, realnewsmichiana.com gets the full credit here. They broke the stories. We covered them. And this has been going on for nine months, okay? What do they usually call it, Josh, when your local newspaper is nine months behind on a major story involving your city government? What do they call that in the news business when they're nine months behind? A fire sale. I was going to say a net, but I like yours better. Uh, 
Okay, so the Alive Grants. The Alive Grants, okay? The City of South Bend. Now, the Alive Grant application process is, like, open again, right? So people are reapplying, okay? People are reapplying for the Alive Grants right now, which are designed to, to give grants to local community organizations to help people in need. That's the whole point. Well, realnewsmichiana.com, over nine months ago, discovered that the Alive Grant was basically this incestuous bit of nepotism in which... Friends, um, oftentimes with sketchy backgrounds, were given free money from the city government and didn't use that money to help anybody. It's just free money. It basically became a giant, what I would call a money laundering scam. And the city of South Bend, okay, the mayor, the city council, everybody, the city of South Bend basically, when it was exposed to them, said, we don't care. They didn't investigate. I didn't hear anything about the city of South Bend investigating any of this. I didn't hear any outrage from the mayor. I didn't hear any city council agenda items discussing how the Alive Grant might have been abused by a bunch of people who are frauds. I never heard anything about any of that. If it happened, they certainly didn't do enough job, uh, a good enough job of promoting that they were looking into this. So now we're at the point where, again, the, the Alive Grants are up for grabs. And finally, nine months later, the local paper decides that they're going to start covering it. But here's the thing. They didn't cover the fraud. They, they didn't cover some of the, the other stories here about how friends were getting the, the grants for other friends and how they were using the money basically to abuse people and stuff like that in some of these stories. They didn't do any of that. What they did do, though, is the paper covered how there's a lack of background checks. Uh, okay. Now, for the record, that doesn't mean much. You can have a past and still be trying to do good now. And, and this program could be available to you. The problem is that if, and I'm just throwing this out there as an example, if you've been convicted of, I don't know, fraud in the past two years, maybe don't get a grant from the government, right? Right, Josh? Just throwing, just throwing it out there. You know, if it's a recent conviction, maybe you don't get the grant money. If you were convicted of something 10, 20, 30 years ago, Turn your life around. Whatever. Okay, fine. Are you helping people now? Because here's a lot of inmates do that. You know, a lot of people, their life is turned around. Somebody stepped in for them, and they return the favor. And I'm okay with them having an opportunity. But if you're a recent criminal, recent criminal, you probably shouldn't be getting free money from the taxpayer. Just an idea, right? Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Old-fashioned, Josh. So the Tribune did run an article on how they they tend to not do background checks and things like that. And oh, okay, but <laughs> do you realize the background check story? Uh, Clifton wrote this. The background check uh, issue on this was covered back on March sixth of twenty twenty one by RealNewsMichigan.com. March sixth, <laughs> and the papers just getting to it. <laughs> Oh, my word. Uh, <laughs> you realize how many lawsuits are involved in the Alive Grant program right now because of, of fraud and abuse? Why haven't any of those stories shown up in the paper? It, it, am I wrong, Josh? Does this seem like a... If the city of South Bend is giving a grant to people and, and now there's a bunch of lawsuits because the people that got the grant are being accused of abusing others, 
Is that, does that at least warrant, like, I don't know, a paragraph in the local paper? Nine months late? I can just see it now. Casey does another media forum, right? Last time I did a media forum with TV and newspaper, there's a representative from the local paper there. And what did they do? I don't understand. I know it's buying our paper. Huh? I wonder why. <laughs> You're nine months late to one of the biggest stories in the city. Go to realnewsmichiana.com for all the latest updates on that. Got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Nine months late. <clears throat> just, I'm sorry. That is so laughable. Okay? You know, and I know, I get it. There's going to be some people out there who are in the local media, and they're, you know, some of whom have not even touched this story, by the way. Okay? So I will give the paper credit that they finally got to it, and they're at least doing it. You realize that there are news outlets here and not even discussed this yet. And it's just bizarre. Absolutely bizarre. Uh, law enforcement. Actually found an article on uh, local news that isn't us that's worth reading, Josh. Law enforcement issued more than 50 citations for passing school buses in a five-day period. Now, that was on the Michigan side of the border, but uh, Operation Safe Stop ran from October 18th to October 22nd. Law enforcement agencies worked with local school districts to provide education and enforcement to their communities. So 122 traffic stops, 50 citations were issued for the illegal passing of school buses on the Michigan side of the border. After that massive school bus tragedy in this area, still passing school buses? I see it all the time, too. This is the thing. You've heard me rant about this a lot. I know. Um, But people do not respect school zones here. And I'm still perplexed by that because this is the Midwest and this is like pro-family community and stuff like that. And nobody respects school zones here. Like it is just the craziest thing. You know, the amount of people who blow by my my daughter's schools, both of them, it's nuts. I see it virtually every single day. And there's virtually no enforcement. I just, you know, nothing there. I, I don't know. I don't know what could be done. I don't know if it's a manpower issue. I don't know if it's a priorities issue. I'm not really sure, but just not a lot is being done about it, and it drives me absolutely bonkers. And then we have these horrible stories about people blowing right by school buses and wiping out entire families, and people are still blowing by school buses even after that story. I don't know why that is. Um, People are acting like they're from New York or Los Angeles. They're not acting like they're from the Midwest. And it's irritating to say the least that's a lot of traffic stops in a couple of days man a lot of traffic stops anyway we got more coming up you want to watch the show you can go to rumble.com slash casey the host daily show prep is at the burning more coming up next